Hi, this is Hale Shepard, an international tax and tax dispute attorney with a passion for writing. You're listening to Prose by Tax Pros, another article by Hale Shepard. I published a series of articles offering insight about complicated tax issues while still making them interesting and understandable. Please continue listening for one of my articles, previously published in a major journal and read by a professional. It's important to note that I am a tax attorney, but I'm not your tax attorney. The information in the article does not constitute advice or guidance of any type to anyone. It's being provided for general informational purposes only. ERCs and Protective Amended Income Tax Returns by Hale E. Shepard, published in Tax Notes Federal, March 2024, narrated by Kristen Dummer. 1. Introduction Many taxpayers are thinking about employee retention credit matters these days. Most are focused on employment tax issues, namely how much of the tax benefit they will obtain. The answers are far from clear for lots of taxpayers, especially those with pending ERC claims subject to the enhanced review process and those already under audit by the IRS. Taxpayers in these circumstances and others should consider related tax issues, too. Specifically, they should analyze how the potential reduction or elimination of ERC amounts will affect income tax returns, when such events will occur, and what should be done in the meantime. This article, another in a series by the author, explains the relevant laws, relationship between ERCs and income taxes, timing issues, and filing protective amended returns as a solution. 2. Glimpse at Relevant Legislation Congress first enacted the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. That law generally provided that an eligible employer could get an ERC against employment taxes equal to 50% of the qualified wages it paid to each employee. The benefits under the CARES Act were capped. Qualified wages for any one employee could not exceed $10,000 for all applicable quarters combined. That meant the maximum ERC per employee for all of 2020 was $5,000. Coverage of the ERC changed several times, but it originally applied to second, third, and fourth quarters of 2020. Congress next passed the Taxpayer Certainty and Disaster Tax Relief Act. It expanded the period during which eligible employers might benefit. They could claim ERCs not only for second, third, and fourth quarters of 2020, but also for first and second quarters of 2021. Moreover, eligible employers could get increased amounts of ERCs as two things changed under the Relief Act. The percentage of qualified wages on which ERCs could be claimed increased from 50% to 70%, and the amount was calculated per quarter, not per year. The following step by Congress was enacting the American Rescue Plan Act, which codified the ERC for the first time, making it Section 3134. ARPA further expanded the ERC, allowing benefits for the third and fourth quarters of 2021. Things ended when Congress introduced the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. That law retroactively shortened the periods for which eligible employers could claim benefits. With one narrow exception, eligible employers could no longer solicit ERCs for the fourth quarter of 2021. 3. Interplay of Employment and Income Taxes The CARES Act stated that an eligible employer's income tax deduction for the qualified wages paid must be reduced by the amount of ERCs it receives. The IRS explained the interrelationship. 
An employer's deduction for qualified wages, including qualified health plan expenses, is reduced by the amount of ERCs. The IRS later offered additional guidance on timing issues. It presented the following scenario featuring an eligible employer that filed Forms 941X, Adjusted Employer's Quarterly Federal Tax Return, or Claim for Refund, to claim ERCs for earlier quarters after it had already filed its income tax return covering those same quarters. When a taxpayer claims the ERC because of the retroactive amendment of the ERC laws or otherwise files Form 941X to claim the ERC, the taxpayer should file an amended federal income tax return or administrative adjustment request, AAR, if applicable, for the taxable year in which the qualified wages were paid or incurred to correct any overstated deduction taken with respect to those same wages on the original federal income tax return. The CARES Act generally provides, in relevant part, that rules similar to the rules of Section 280C shall apply, and they require tracing to the specific wages generating the applicable credit. To satisfy this tracing requirement, the taxpayer must file an amended return, or AAR, as applicable. Why is understanding the interrelationship between employment tax returns and income tax returns important? It is because a decrease in the wages paid deduction might trigger an increase in the federal income tax liability. The IRS warned that generalized unawareness or confusion on this issue has been exacerbated by the fact that some companies aggressively promoting ERCs failed to tell eligible employers that benefits on the employment tax side, that is, receipt of ERCs, might cause detriments on the income tax side, that is, decreased deductions, and that all positions on related returns must be reconciled. Fast forward several years to after Congress introduced the ERC. The IRS introduced two programs in late 2023 designed to resolve ERC claims before disputes occur, the Withdraw Option and the Voluntary Disclosure Program, VDP. Both mention the overlap of employment tax and income tax issues. Under the Withdraw Option, employers essentially must void prior Forms 941X to eliminate pending ERC claims. The IRS reminded employers accepted into the withdrawal option that they might need to amend their federal income tax returns for the corresponding periods, likely to increase their wages paid deductions to reflect the elimination of ERCs. Things are a little different under the VDP because participating employers need to return to the IRS only 80% of the ERC amount obtained, and they are allowed to claim a wages paid deduction for income tax purposes for 100% of the relevant wages. The IRS generally confirmed that participating in the VDP would fix employment tax issues as well as the related income tax issues. This VDP includes the settlement of the ERC for purposes of a participant's employment tax obligations by eliminating their eligibility for the ERC while allowing a participant to retain 20% of the claimed ERC amount. Additionally, because the ERC reduces the income tax expense for qualified wages under rules similar to Section 280C of the Internal Revenue Code, this VDP also resolves the issue of the corresponding adjustment to income tax expense for participants, which include common-law employers who used a third-party payer to claim the ERC on their behalf. The IRS has notified employers about the interrelationship between ERCs and income taxes at various points. Whether they paid attention is another matter altogether. 4. Timing Issues Many ERC issues will not be settled for a long time. Indeed, in light of the assessment periods, collection methods, and dispute mechanisms described below, one can anticipate that many ERC matters will remain unresolved for years.
A. Overview of Assessment Periods Forms 941, Employer's Quarterly Federal Tax Return, for all four quarters of a specific year are deemed filed on April 15th of the next year. For example, Forms 941 for second quarter 2020 had to be filed by July 31st, 2020, but were deemed filed nearly nine months later on April 15th, 2021. Likewise, Forms 941 for all quarters 2021 were deemed filed on April 15th, 2022. The IRS generally has three years from the date on which a tax return is filed or deemed filed to identify it as problematic, conduct an audit, and propose changes. Thus, the normal assessment period for Forms 941 for 2020 will expire on April 15, 2024, while the standard period for Forms 941 for 2021 will end April 15, 2025. The IRS has more time to challenge ERC claims for the third and fourth quarters of 2021. ARPA granted the IRS five years instead of three years to complete its work. If an employer filed a Form 941 for third quarter 2021 claiming ERCs, it is deemed to have been filed on April 15, 2022, and the assessment period would stay open until April 15, 2027. Finally, the IRS can assess taxes at any time in situations involving a false or fraudulent return. The timeframes during which the IRS might audit and disallow ERC claims can be summarized as follows. 1. For ERC claims relating to second, third, and fourth quarters of 2020, the normal assessment period expires April 15, 2024. 2. For ERC claims relating to first and second quarters of 2021, the normal period expires April 15, 2025. 3. For ERC claims relating to third and fourth quarters of 2021, the special five-year period expires on April 15, 2027. And 4. For ERC claims that involve fraud or materially false statements, the period never expires. B. Administrative offsets by the IRS. Reports by governmental watchdogs indicate that the IRS issued many erroneous refunds in the early days of the ERC because of insufficient staffing, unclear rules, and pressure to get funds into the hands of struggling businesses as quickly as possible. The good news for the IRS is that it might be able to exercise self-help in recouping amounts that it should not have released in the first place. As long as it makes a timely assessment, the IRS does not necessarily have to track down the taxpayer for payment. Rather, it can offset the liability by automatically grabbing tax payments made by the taxpayer in other contexts and applying those to reduce or satisfy the ERC-related liability. C. Erroneous refund suits by the government. An erroneous refund of any portion of a tax imposed by the IRS, including employment taxes, can be recovered by a civil action by the government. In terms of timing, the government generally must initiate a lawsuit within two years after making the refund. That period extends from two years to five years if it appears that any part of the refund was induced by fraud or misrepresentation of material fact. Here's an example. If an eligible employer timely filed Forms 941 for all four quarters of 2021, the law would treat them as being filed on April 15, 2022. That means that the eligible employer could file Forms 941X claiming ERCs until April 15, 2025. Assume that the IRS issued the refund on May 15, 2025, and it later determined that the Forms 941X were improper. 
In that scenario, the IRS would have five years from the payment date until May 15, 2030, to file suit against the employer. The litigation might last for years after that. D. Refund suits by taxpayers. The first step to recouping amounts from the IRS is for a taxpayer to file a timely refund claim. When it comes to ERCs, Forms 941X filed by eligible employers normally constitute refund claims. The IRS has no legal duty to respond to those claims, which often shocks taxpayers. Practitioners have described the reality as follows. If a refund claim is filed within the applicable statute of limitations, the IRS has the discretion to accept and pay the claim, to deny part or all of it, or to simply ignore it. Taxpayers are not without remedies, though. They can file a refund suit if the IRS fails to respond to the refund claim within six months. Moreover, if the IRS formally denies a refund claim by issuing a notice of disallowance, the taxpayer can seek help from the courts by initiating a refund suit. They can file a refund suit if the IRS fails to respond to the refund claim within six months. Moreover, if the IRS formally denies a refund claim by issuing a notice of disallowance, the taxpayer can seek help from the courts by initiating a refund suit. It is common for these types of cases to drag on for years, with lots of discovery, motions, trial time, etc. 5. Illustrating Possible Problems The following example incorporates some of the timing issues described above and underscores the potential conundrum for taxpayers. Suppose that a calendar year corporation filed a Form 1120 U.S. Corporation Income Tax Return for 2021. It later filed a Form 941X for third quarter 2021, claiming significant ERCs, which would be deemed filed on April 15, 2022. The corporation subsequently received the refund triggered by the ERC claims. Soon thereafter, the corporation filed a Form 1120X, amended U.S. Corporation Income Tax Return, to reduce its wages paid deduction for 2021. This triggered an additional income tax liability, which the corporation paid. Years pass with no contact by the IRS. Eventually, the IRS starts an audit of the ERC claim, concludes that it was unjustified, and assesses employment taxes on June 1, 2026. The IRS is able to assess on that date, thanks to the extended five-year period applicable to the third and fourth quarters of 2021. The corporation further analyzes its earlier ERC claim and concedes that it was wrong. Things are not all bad, thinks the corporation, because it should be able to file another Form 1120X in 2026 to increase the wages paid deduction for 2021 to reflect the disallowed ERCs. The problem is that, unless the corporation filed a timely protective Form 1120X contemplating the potential ERC disallowance, it might be out of time and out of luck. 6. Potential Solution The preceding example should have eligible employers and their advisors thinking about the interplay of employment tax and income tax issues in the ERC context, as well as whether filing protective amended income tax returns is appropriate. The concept of protective returns might be novel to some eligible employers and their advisors. Therefore, this article surveys below several IRS sources explaining and supporting the notion of protective claims. One IRS publication states the following about protective claims. 
If your right to a refund is contingent on future events and may not be determinable until after the time period for filing a claim for refund expires, you can file a protective claim for refund. A protective claim can be either a formal claim or an amended return for credit or refund. Protective claims are often based on current litigation or expected changes in the tax law, other litigation, or regulations. A protective claim preserves your right to claim a refund when the contingency is resolved. The Internal Revenue Manual provides similar guidance about protective claims. The concept of a protective claim is well established in the case law, even though the term is not used in the statute of regulations. Protective claims are filed to preserve the taxpayer's right to claim a refund when the taxpayer's right to the refund is contingent on future events and may not be determinable until after the statute of limitations expires. The IRS has discretion in deciding how to process protective claims. In general, it is in the best interest of the IRS and taxpayers to delay action on protective claims until the pending litigation or other contingency is resolved. Once the contingency is resolved, the IRS may obtain additional information necessary in processing the claim and then allow or disallow the claim. Finally, the IRS legal memoranda offer additional color on the issue of protective claims. When the results of pending litigation may significantly clarify whether a refund should be allowed, the interests of both the IRS and the taxpayer may be served by delaying action on the claim. If the IRS were instead to act quickly and disallow the claim, the taxpayer might be compelled to file a refund suit at an earlier time because Section 6532A provides for a limitations period of two years from the date the claim is disallowed. When there is a substantial possibility that the pending litigation will resolve whether the taxpayer is entitled to a refund, we see no reason why action on the claim should not be delayed as long as reasonably possible. Thus, we believe that such a protective claim may be held in abeyance until the pending litigation is resolved. We note, though, that if the IRS chooses to delay action on a refund claim, it is doing so because of the great discretion it has in deciding how to handle refund claims. There is no provision in the statute of regulations either requiring the IRS to expeditiously act on such a claim or prohibiting it from doing so. Because the IRS has no legal obligation to act on a refund claim within any specific period of time, it can legally delay action indefinitely. Of course, once six months has expired from the date the claim was filed, Section 6532A allows the taxpayer to bring a refund suit without waiting for the IRS's response to the claim. However, when the taxpayer has filed a protective claim because the IRS's position would be to disallow the claim, but the resolution of pending litigation might cause the IRS to change its position and allow the claim instead, there is little likelihood that the taxpayer will bring suit simply because the six-month period specified in Section 6532A has expired. 7. Conclusion Many taxpayers that have filed or soon will file ERC claims are solely focused on employment tax issues. That is understandable, but short-sighted. ERC claims involve employment and income tax issues, both of which must be adequately addressed. As this article demonstrates, timing is a major consideration and knowledge of protective returns is fundamental. Taxpayers facing potential ERC audits, refund litigation, or participation in the withdrawal option or VDP would be wise to hire independent tax counsel with experience in the wide variety of issues that arise in defending ERC claims. Thanks for listening to this article. 
ERCs and Protective Amended Income Tax Returns by Hale E. Shepard. Published in Tax Notes Federal, March 2024. Read for you by Kristen Dummer. I hope you enjoyed the article. Feedback from listeners helps to improve my writing. I hope you enjoyed so the I article. Welcome your comments and questions. feedback from listeners helps to you improve can contact my writing. Me by email. So I welcome at your comments Hale and questions. Dot Shepherd. You can contact me by email at com. Hale. That's H A L E. Shepherd. Dot Chamberlain Law. Dot com. P P A R D. H A L E. Chamberlain P P A R D. website at Chamberlain Law. Dot com. Pros by website dot com. Pros by tax pros. B Y. T-A-X-P-R-O-S-E-B-Y-T-A-X-P-R-O-S dot com.